You're listening to the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Charlie Zimmerman. In this edition of My Better Half, host Vanessa Finney speaks with film photographer Antonio Melendez. I'm Vanessa Finney, and this is My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. My guest today is a storyteller and music maker whose work is spanned across continents and taken a variety of forms. Among other things, he's co-directed a documentary, composed music for film, television, and his own solo career, and produced music videos for fellow artists, as well as struggling for justice on behalf of indigenous peoples in the Amazon. At the heart of it all, he's essentially been using communication to bridge worlds and focus our eyes and ears on each other. I sat down with him recently to learn more. When did you identify communication as one of the underlying common denominators, you know, among all those activities that you were drawn to? I, it'll sound funny, but a peach tree told me. (laughs) I was, there was a peach tree that I would sit under often to read, to play the guitar, to meditate, or just to sit and admire the beauty of nature. And I would see these peaches fall. And I'd see occasionally somebody, including myself, would pick one up and eat it. Other people would step on them. Other ones would just decompose. That, that peach tree gave so much comforting shade. It provided nutrients for the plants around it and for the insects and animals. And I, I looked at that tree, and, and it really didn't care what anyone said or did. It, I could throw the peaches at the tree and say they're, they're the worst peaches ever, and it wouldn't care. It's just going to keep giving those peaches out. And I realized, oh, that's the nature of that peach tree. It's to make shade and be part of an ecosystem and make peaches. And it made me reflect on what, what is my thing. You know, what I'm part of this ecosystem that is the planet um, what is my role in it? And I reflected back on all of the things that I've been really drawn to and attracted to, things I've been most curious about. And I was able to surmise that they all are very heavily related to communication. There's some form of communication. Um, and at that point, I said, that's that's my thing. I'm a, I'm a communicator. So then I started looking at, okay, what other forms of communication are there? And and basically, through that realization, I embarked on many different forms from, you know, sitting, being a barista at a coffee house and communicating over the bar with people, hearing, hearing their stories, sharing my stories, um, telling uh, stories in photos, um, in filmmaking, in my music, um, physically, verbally telling stories, really loving doing that. So I saw that all of these things contribute to that. And then, you know, marketing promotional content, music videos, all these things that I do um, on the side when they're needed are all forms of communication. So mm-hmm. it just kind of hit me like that's my thing. So I can do and enjoy doing anything that's related to that. That's a, it strikes me as kind of a gift that you've given yourself that uh, a lot of us would benefit from taking that time, you know, whether it's uh, every decade every New Year's, you know, whatever um, time cycle uh, speaks to you, to take that moment and kind of evaluate, like, where have I been? What What is the meaning of it all? You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the go, 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 we don't really have those kind of reflective conversations with ourselves until we're very advanced in age, you know, sort of a, um, a late life summing up. So 
it can be really beneficial, as you're demonstrating, to kind of have that check-in. And by the way, I worked for a man, a documentarian on um, mindfulness meditation, and he got the entire idea by contemplating a lemon tree. So, you know, mm-hmm. fruit, uh, very fruitful. Very fruitful, <laughs> Nature yeah. is very fruitful. So tying that into your other uh, lifelong expressions, your lifelong pursuits, you've been making music since you were a very young man. And you've also woven that into your work here in Southern Oregon. You've um, created music videos for local artists that are beautiful and really support um, their visions. So tell me how uh, you recently just had a, a wonderful experience where you you know, not content to rest, rest on your laurels. You, you have this certain amount of success and reputation. You know, people know they can count on you for, um, to help them um, in a quality way, uh, create their own art. You've challenged yourself to learn something new. So tell me about that. Well, as a high school and college student, I really have always loved classical music um, and the orchestra. It's very moving to me. I had limiting beliefs at that time that made me think that I couldn't be a film composer or it's too late for me to Mm -hmm. be um, a composer of orchestral music. Um, And sorry, what age were you thinking it was too late? 19, 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I figured, oh, I should have started, you know, like when I was six and be, you know, a top level violinist by now. Um, given I was studying classical guitar, and so I was exposed to it, and I got to perform with small ensembles. and um, But then my music led me to playing jazz and learning the saxophone and, and playing all these different genres of music. Um, but then coming back to here in this time, in the past couple of years, I started needing music and realizing it was really challenging to find the right music for the storytelling I was doing. And I was licensing music from different music libraries that allow you to download songs and pay for them and use them in your films. And I started experimenting with actually doing it. I I had the epiphany, duh, wait, you're a musician. You can write music for your films. And (laughs) so I started. And it was horrible at first because I didn't understand what was needed. I was writing music, and then there was a film and trying to mash them together instead of using the music as a storytelling element to support the dialogue and the scenes. And so the first year was just a bunch of stuff that didn't work, but I was committed to it. And that led me to this past year uh, applying for and being accepted into a program of a small group of students who would go to Eastern Europe and spend a one-month intensive, seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day, crash course in film composition and orchestral composition and conducting. And so I was in Bulgaria, uh, part of a program, only 24 students from all over the world, and it was full on for a month. Each week culminated in a full day Sunday recording session with the European Recording Orchestra. And I had to compose pieces based on Uh, briefs we would get. We would get a brief, which is what you would get from a director, like, here's the scene, this is the emotion, this is what the story is, now give me the music that supports it. And so we would get a series of briefs, and then we'd have to compose the music for them leading up to that Sunday and hear it live for the first time, record it, and then mix it and do what we want with it. It was a mind-blowing experience for me. It was exactly, it healed, healed my heart on so many levels. Um, through all of this, life has been beautiful and been so blessed, but I've also gone through some really, really challenging things like we all have. 
But this program allowed me a certain amount of freedom being around people that I didn't know. I was a complete stranger. Mm. And I was able to drop back into my true self, which is one of just complete openness, love, support, and encouragement to everyone around me, and which had been kind of guarded for a period of time prior to the event. Uh, it was available for select people, but it turned the switch on to open it up to everyone again, like I had been for many years. That space helped me have that. So music has been way more than just a way to make money or a way to express myself. It's been a medicine for me, a healing modality for me since I was a kid. And really this past month have I been meditating on the power of it and how it's been there with me my whole life. If you're just joining us, this is My Better Half on Jefferson Public Radio. I'm Vanessa Finney talking with Antonio Melendez about taking on a challenge he once thought of as too late to try. So I want to dive into uh, an idea that you just brought up at the end there. Because as you talked about going to Bulgaria, I thought, well, that sounds like quite an adventure. And I probably would have made that choice too. But you probably also, you know... Hollywood is just a, you know, a quick plane ride to our south. You know, why not something closer to home if we're in such a film capital world? But there is that aspect of, of freedom when you're with people that you don't know. Because even an, an open-minded, curious person as yourself, you surely feel here in your hometown, your adopted hometown, that people have certain ideas of you. you, you you're embodying certain roles now as, as father, as uh, video producer. And so did you have a sense of, yeah, that, that freedom where you could, I could reinvent myself or, or just get back to my essential self? So is there something to purposely displacing yourself? I personally need to see as much of the world and the people of the world as possible. So if there's an opportunity to go somewhere I've never been, I take it, especially when it's woven with a, a purpose. So for example, Europe, I, would I go to Bulgaria? If I didn't have a music program, maybe there's other places I would go to first. But it was a place I'd never been, I knew nothing about, and there was a music program. So it was a no-brainer for me to go there. Right. Why not Hollywood? That's not my lifestyle. I even was encouraged by faculty. But one Hollywood film composer, a very successful one, said, you need to come stay with me in Hollywood. I can get you plugged into the industry. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I love Southern Oregon. I love the mellow pace. Yeah. I need trees. I don't want to be chasing something. I want to rest and let things come to me and move f toward them at the appropriate time. So, yeah, um, that, but you, back to your, your question, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about going to new places. I think we all feel that at a certain point when we get past a little bit of the fear or hesitation, but going to a new place, it's all fresh. You see it like nobody else does. For example, people that come to Southern Oregon, they're taking pictures of all the things that we walk past of every deer. day of deer. Like, oh <laughs> my gosh, there's a squirrel and a deer, you know, or, or look at the cute, quaint brick buildings on the strip there. Like I did, you know, 20 something years ago when I first visited, I thought this is a beautiful, amazing place. And I still do. Yeah. But do I walk around with my camera with that same curiosity and wonder? No, because no matter what, I've been here for 20-something years now, and I'm used to seeing those buildings. I'm used to seeing those little details. And I did, for a long time, take pictures. And um, Same thing, I came from Southern California, from L.A., Long Beach area. I'm familiar with all that area. I don't want to go back there. Bulgaria, never even thought more than once about it. Yeah. 
you know. So yeah, I think there's a lot of power in going to completely new places, especially with a purpose where you get to drop in with a community of people, rather than going as a tourist, which has a completely different experience. Going somewhere as a tourist versus going there to embed yourself with local people is a different experience completely. And so that's that's what attracts me. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, uh, in the minute or so we have left, what will you say to someone mid-career or mid-life who's thinking about taking a risk, but, oh, I have to leave my family, I have to leave my, maybe ask for time off work, I have to, um, you know, risk feeling vulnerable and awkward in this new thing. What, what would you say to them to encourage them? I would say that anyone that's, you know, mid-life that's wanting to embark on a new adventure is to take time to sit and reflect on your life. Take time to remember who you were when you were a child and the things that brought you the most joy. You will find a correlation between those things and things that you can do in your adult life. For me as a child, it was storytelling, and here I am, I'm a storyteller. Have courage and remember that nobody is ever going to do it for you. And the worst thing you can have is being close to transition to death at the end of life and saying, I wish I would have, because there's a lot of people in that space and they really wish they would have. I refuse to be one of those. I am going to be the person. I, you know, for me, if I go out that way on an adventure, I won because I don't have any regrets looking back. Everything that's happened to me, everything that's gone, I've gone through has had its function and purpose to get me to where I'm at. And I'm so grateful and I'm happy and I feel successful. And to me, that's what success is. is so I feel like I've made it. And am I done? No, there's more adventures to be had. There's more stories to be told. There's more experiences to be had, more fear to overcome, more risks to take. And I'll probably be doing that until I get beamed off this ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for coming and sharing your story. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. Episodes are online at jeffexchange.org or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. My guest today was musician, filmmaker, and composer Antonio Melendez, and this episode featured original music written, produced, and recorded by Antonio. You can learn more about his work and even watch him make his conducting debut at modernclassical.com. That's classical with a K. I'm Vanessa Finney. Thanks for listening.